The statistics are grim. One in five working moms say they've been passed over for an important assignment or for a promotion because they have children. And women who take even one year off to have kids come back to earn 40% less than their peers. Working moms outpace, outperform, and outwork their peers. So why don't companies make an effort to support working moms? And how can working moms advocate for themselves in the workplace and in their careers? Frankly, we're tired of asking for a seat at the table. It's time to make our own table, and we're going to talk about how. I'm Zabine Mirza, and this is Moms at Work. Friends and fans, welcome to another episode of Moms at Work, the official jobs.mom podcast. I'm your host, Zabine Mirza, and today we're talking about how to manage the circus that is your life. And who better to talk about the circus than Jennifer Folsom, author, extraordinaire of Ringmaster, Work, Life, and Keeping It All Together. Jen is also the vice president at ICF, a global management consulting firm. Jen Folsom, thanks for being here with me today. Thanks for having me, Zabine. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, Jen, this is amazing. So when I first read Ringmaster, I loved it because I thought it was such an honest, real, no punches held, I don't even know what the proper, my English has really devolved in the pandemic. <laughs> sure. Was it no holds barred? No is that holds the, barred, is that, yeah, the real no, deal. That's it. I got it right. I am a native English speaker for everybody that's listening. <laughs> so no holds barred um, view on what it's like to be a mother, a working mother, and that life is a circus. So tell us a little bit, Jen, about Ringmaster and what the inspiration was. Yeah, so the inspiration is that I had my twins when I was in business school about a month before graduation. So in most of my career, I've been a mom. And um, folks were always asking me the how did you do it kind of questions. And over the years, over the decades, I got some tips and tricks and figured out kind of what worked for me, uh, what what I saw working with other people. Um, And, you know, I've got three boys. Uh, The twins are now 19 and my little guy is 13. And um, it was really about just sort of, let's be honest with each other. Let's share what works across industries, ages, different situations, single parents, LGBTQ families. Like families are all very different. They look not at all like what we see on TV, on sitcoms. So we were trying to just sort of take the best of the best. I mean, I went to all of my experts and the thing I think that they're the expert in. So for example, I went to my nutritionist friend and I'm like, all right, I'm working 45, 55 hours a week and doing all the momming in the second shift. What, what should I be putting on the table? Like, how do I actually get a healthy meal on the table? Like what's in your pantry? How do you do it? And so, you know, whether it's career coaches, financial planners, like I just sort of went through all the things that caused me headaches and hassle over, over the years and took the best of the best advice and really highlighted some of the success stories through through case study methods. And what an incredible, incredible body of work you've created. So for anyone that has not read it, you need to pick it up. It's available online, wherever you are dumping your funds this pandemic in your (laughs) shopping. Um, But one of my favorite things that you wrote, and so I am a mother of three boys, so I'm putting my fingers up in a Hunger Games kind of salute to you. Um, But, you know, I've also, you know, 
I was pregnant with my first when I was just finishing up business school too. So my kids are on the other end of the spectrum. They're much younger. I have um, a soon-to-be six-year-old. I have a three-year-old and I have a nine-month-old. You are in it, girl. You are in it. I I am I am in something. I don't know what I'm in. I'm in something. <laughs> I, it's usually pee, poop, or vomit. That's what I'm in. So, um, but but I remember from day one thinking, this is really hard, and I am definitely doing something wrong because right. I am not everybody doing... else doing this right. Like what right, do I do right, wrong? like. Like, why can't I do anything right? And why is everything so difficult? Why is everything so challenging? But one of the fa- one of one of my most favorite things that you wrote is that very plain and simple: there is no work life balance. Doesn't there exist. is none. Stop looking. Does for not it. exist. Yeah. Now, please expand because all the gurus and the self help pundits and the new age hippies are cramming this down our throats. And making us feel, I must say, a little less than because they tell us it can exist. I'm just doing all these things wrong and that's why I don't have it. But you're the first person that said it does not exist. Stop pretending it does and stop looking for it. So tell us about that. Yeah, and I think we're always chasing this elusive balance, this thing, and it doesn't exist. So there's never a sense of fulfillment or satisfaction or contentment in where you are in life. And so rather than thinking a trade-off between work and life, you know, I think uh, particularly after COVID, where the circus that is working motherhood is now live streamed on Zoom for the whole world to see, um, you know, we know that uh, it really is sort of a, a framework where you're making trade-offs all the time. Uh, so for me, I like the idea, um, you know, I'm a classic consultant, got to have a framework, work, life, and you as three different rings of your three-ring circus. But the idea here is that you're the ringmaster. You are in charge of what goes into each of those rings. You are in charge of when and where that spotlight shines. So rather than sort of like, I'm in the early childhood years, maybe I need more spotlight on my family. For me, it was sort of like day to day, week to week. It wasn't like, you know, any given day, I have some perfect balance. But over, you know, my over time and over my life and over my career, I need to just switch, you know, and where we often don't shine that spotlight enough is on ourselves. And really thinking yeah. about you in the meantime. And honest to God, during the pandemic, particularly while working from home and trying to get the twins graduated from high school, my youngest, you know, virtual learning and all of that, it was like a minute to minute trade off. Like, who needs me more right now? My team, my customer, my kid. I, I can't get logged on. Mom, can you help me with this? Mom, mom. I'm like, oh my God. So, I, you know, if there's any real silver lining to what the last 14 months has given us, is that we've really normalized a lot about working parenthood. Um, you know, early in my career, I had to hide the fact that I was a mother. I didn't put pictures of my kids on my desk. I didn't talk about them often. Um, you know, I think everybody has that place in their house where you take conference calls where a little people can't find you. Mine was in the downstairs bathroom. It has a big exhaust fan that could drown out children beating on the door. But, I mean, think about that. We were hiding the fact that we are who we are. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's, it's no um, surprise then that women, particularly mothers and particularly women of color, are at such a disadvantage in terms of all the sort of metrics of success, whether that's wage gap or percentage in the boardroom. Um, you know, so I think we've all seen that, you know, it is really a crazy, crazy thing at a crazy time. And uh, but it's live streamed for the whole world to see and I think that is so, 
I think that's so important for us to verbalize. And, you know, this is something, and you and I, we talk about this quite extensively, Jen, but this is something that I think we can't say enough. There is nothing wrong with being a mother. There is nothing wrong with having children, you know, and what really, you know, irks me is that we live in a society that pushes women to have children punishes them for not having children and then punishes them later for having those children. Right. And it's unforgivable. It's unforgivable. And you know what? I have stopped making apologies for my kids, for for the fact that I have kids. So when I take a Zoom call, I'm sitting in front of a chalkboard with all my kids' ugly artwork hanging behind me. And, you know, they're screaming in the background because you know what? I'm not going to pretend I don't have a family. I'm going to do the best that I can to mitigate noise and sound. But we are real people that have real lives. And me having contributed offspring to this world in no way diminishes my capability and my skills and my experience and my expertise. And this is a big, big issue that a lot of working mothers have because they are made to feel, Jen, at work that because they have kids, they are less able, less capable, less committed, less worthy. And this is a fundamental, not just lie, it's a grave injustice. It's a grave injustice. It is. And um, I'm very uh, heartened to see most of my male colleagues right now are doing a lot of the caregiving and they're, they're doing it. I see, you know, uh, my, my colleague, Josh, his daughter is usually playing some sort of princess game in the lab next to him while we're on calls. I see, you know, lots of block time for like, I'm on kid duty for this hour. I mean, it's real hard for two people to work in the same house without extra care, particularly if you've got people that need help, you know, being alive every day, (laughs) every hour, right. You know, or like, please, uh, well, book these calls during one to three. That's our nap time. I need to have that, you know, time. So I really encourage to have like very open conversations um, with managers and, you know, colleagues, which the, the men just, just show like we're all in this together. And I think, I think that it's really shown that we are having this whole chaotic working parenthood moment, but still killing it at work, right? We're still hitting those metrics. So I am mm-hmm. hoping that this sort global shift that we've had in work that, you know, we're never going to go back to the old way, that there will always be the ability to work where, how, and when it makes sense for you and your family. I agree. And I think when you, and I think when you increase flexibility, you immediately improve productivity, performance, motivation, retention. I mean, I think that goes without saying, and, and we're seeing it, right? We're seeing it in the pandemic, but, but, Jen, let's let's go back to being the ringmaster. Let's say I am I am me. I am me and so that's easy. I am me and I am a disaster. My life is a disaster. Everything is a disaster. I am barely keeping my circus in check, okay? Where do I begin to get my affairs in order? How do I start? Well, first of all, I mean, you're launching a very successful company. You kept three kids alive thus this far. Like you're already killing it. So, let's just reframe <laughs> that context, but I, I think it's right. And, um, you know, I, I walk through sort of in, in the book, lots of sort of, you know, big examples and small examples of what you could do to kind of get things in order. For me, it helps to compartmentalize a little bit like, okay, this is the kid stuff. I need to spend an hour getting caught up on summer camp registrations and I've sc- haven't scheduled doctor's appointments. So like finding the ways to bucketize your responsibilities um, works well for a lot of people. 
Um, in the workspace, I think um, you have to block your calendar in terms of time. You can't just have a to-do list. You have to take that to-do list and translate it onto your calendar. And block when you're not available. You know, for me, um, through the pandemic, it's been really important for me to have a little bit of an afternoon time with my son after he's out of school at 2.30. You know, we, I block my calendar for a half hour. We touch base. We talk about what he was doing. We walk around the block. You know, that's really sacred time for me. And, you know, if I need to take a meeting, I will every now and then. But my team knows. Um, and I likewise try to do the same for them. So figuring out the things that sort of fill you up. And, you know, bottom line is you have to start with you. If things are starting to feel really chaotic, what's the thing that you can control? And that's, you know, you. It's the quality and amount of sleep that you're getting. It's the food that you're nourishing with your body. Like, how are you doing on your water consumption? Like, you know, all the real basics. Bad, really bad, right, Jen, right, really right. bad. It's yeah. basic, right? So start with the little things. And I think that you'll see a, a snowball effect in terms of how you take care of you. If you can take care of you, you can take care of your family, your customers, your business, your staff. Um, you know, for me, the thing that fills me up is I have to move my body. I'm not like a crazy, like, crossfitter or anything. I, I exercise, usually walking with the ladies in my neighborhood every morning. If I get up and do it early, it will always get done. If I wait till the afternoon, something always gets in the way. So for me, over the last couple of decades of working motherhood, the thing that has worked the most is get up, work out. And if I can do it with my girlfriends, then I'm getting that social hour that I need. I mean, let's see, I'm not making any time for ladies' leisurely lunches these days. So, you know, just get up, walk. I mean, everyone can walk. Uh, don't wait till the weather's great. Like we got rain pants this year. I'm out walking in the rain. And now and it's, but it's just get out, move your body. Yeah. And I think, I think what you're saying is, is really self-care, right? Oh, yeah. it's, we, we are so bad as women and we feel guilty for caring for ourselves. I feel guilty for needing 15 minutes for, I had to, I, in my head the other day prepared a long explanation of why I needed to be out of the house for two hours to get my hair done for the first time in two years. And my husband was like, I, I was prepared to launch into it. I was like, listen, I need to go get my hair done. He's like, okay. And I was like, okay, but I prepared this. He's, he's like, I don't care. You need to get your hair done. You go and you get your hair done. You need to take care of yourself because honestly, wow. we have to all live with you also. And you are unbearable <laughs> when you are not taking care of yourself. And you so, know, imagine that, that scenario too in the office. I always say this people don't apologize don't over explain if you need to leave right. at four o'clock because you're driving the soccer carpool just get up and leave like do you see That's a it. lot of men saying like oh i've got like you know dance whatever i'm driving no they just get up and that's their schedule so stop apologizing right. for it just get up and do it smile and know and that's the hard part is if uh meetings or zooms are going long i just i, I hate to say smile you don't have to look pretty but i just very confidently take a deep breath and say you know i'm i'm out of out of pocket. Thanks, you know, take yeah. it home. So having that same level of just confidence in yourself that, you know, you are worth it, but you can't take care of anybody else if you're not taking care that's of That's right. That's right. And I think that's where we really struggle even at work where we feel it almost. So I know earlier on in my career, when, when I'm going back, you know, 20 years and I'm thinking about when I first started, I was terrified to even take a lunch break because right, right. in my mind, it's you must work like, you know, an animal, like a machine 
in order, you know, the deck is stacked against me. I'm young. I'm a woman. I'm a woman of color. I'm in a completely male dominated field. I was in investment banking. I said, unless I work myself to the bone, there's no way that I'm going to even have a, you know, a snowball's chance in hell of succeeding. Here. Right. And that is completely, completely wrong because I learned later that you teach people how to treat you, right? You teach people how to treat. Maybe you don't take the full hour, take the 30 minutes, but take some time for yourself. And, you know, Jen, a lot of women will say, okay, Jen, you are in a position of leadership where you have a team and you can dictate team, take time to yourself. And I'm the boss. I'm going to take time to myself. But what about the women that are not in positions of leadership and also don't have bosses that understand? What advice would you give them? Yeah, I mean, I recognize this is my privilege. Um, and uh, number one, I have to lead by example. My boss, Mary, does a great job of this. I was, I'm was i in a new job for only three months, and I said, spring break coming up. I've only been here three months. Should I, is it okay if I take a whole week of vacation? And she's like, yes, of course you should take a whole week of vacation. Um, and so lead by example. Vote for leaders who are going to enact policies that support people at all ends of the economic spectrum. I totally recognize my privilege when it comes to being able to work remotely, work from home, set my own hours, you know, and I look at the people who around me who are in service jobs or even nurses and, you know, like all these people who don't have the ability to be flexible, do anything in your power to help them, whether that's um, like for my nurse friend, Sarah, who's worked so much overtime this, this year, you know, dropping a meal off for her family. Or doing anything you can to be a good friend, give encouragement, you know, be kind to the lady who's working at Walgreens at 10 p.m. when you're rolling in for that extra strength Tylenol because your kid is sick. You know, be extra kind. You know, vote what you think is important and for sure model good behavior. So, Jen, now, you know, my last question to you as, as we wrap this up is you had said that there is no work-life balance. What then is the ideal? What 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 should I be striving for? How do I know that what I'm doing is the optimal state? Yeah, and I I think that you know we're we're so many of us are such type A go getters that we think there is an optimal state. I just think that there only is, and maybe that's all the yoga I've taken over the years. But I guess my point is there's only the present moment and only the best in that moment. So are you taking care of yourself? Are you taking care of your family? Are you getting your job done? In those moments, how are you feeling? Constantly feel stressed and rushed and, 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 you know, like, okay, then what can you do to change? And I guess what I'm suggesting here is that there is no perfect scenario. So there is no optimal, Jen, right? So what you're saying is we need to practice self-care, take care of ourselves. We need to prioritize the things that are important and understand that we don't need to necessarily give undue energy, effort, time, money, resources to things that are not, regardless of who is telling us uh, something is important. Um, we need to also be in charge of our lives. That means not not have other people dictate, um, not have other people dictate um, what goes into our rings, as you had mentioned, we are the ringmasters of this circus and make no mistake, it is a circus, but we need to decide what is in those rings. We need to be in charge. Exactly. We need to practice the self-care. 
Now, Jen, what would you, you know, looking back, you know, when you were pregnant with your first, what would you tell yourself 19, 20 years ago when you were pregnant with the, with the twins then that you know now that maybe you didn't know then? I would say try and enjoy some of it. I mean, honestly, that first year with the twins was a total black hole. I don't remember most of it. I was so tired. But, you know, even through all the phases, like, you think it's hard at the moment, but you get through it. And, and, and frankly, things get really hard and lots of different parts of it. But I would try and enjoy it because what I know now with uh, two that are getting ready to leave the nest is it goes really fast. It does go really fast. Um, Jen Folsom, uh, author uh, of The Ringmaster, Work Life and Keeping It All Together. She said, she's the boss. She said that there is no work-life balance. Stop chasing it. The best balance is the one that makes sense for you. Jen Folsom, thanks so much for being here with me today. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And for those of you that are listening and want to learn more, um, pick up Jen's book, Ringmaster. You can follow Jen as well. I will be sharing her website and all social media handles in the episode description. And of course, for anything and everything related to surviving working motherhood, including looking for employment, jobs, opportunities with mom-friendly employers and inclusive cultures, visit jobs.mom. For those of you that need career services support, everything from resume review, cover letter writing, interview prep. And of course, our corporate services team is working with the Fortune 500 companies and moms everywhere on our 10 skills, 10 hours initiative in all the skills that you're going to need to succeed in the post-pandemic world. Visit jobs.mom for more. Follow along our podcast wherever you're listening to your podcast. And of course, again, until next time, I'm Zabine Mirza. Stay safe, stay sane, and this was Moms at Work. Follow us on social media. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out more episodes at jobs.mom slash moms at work.